Hey everybody and welcome to the Brody Brothers Breakdown. I am Matt. And I am Beave. And together we are going to break down a lot of media and content creation stuff, a lot of advertising and marketing things to help grow businesses and talk about how you can make your business run a little bit better, right? What he said. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Give us a break, guys. This is the first one. This yeah, is we're, pilot we're learning. Episode. We're learning uh, as we go. It, a promise, but like by like number five, there'll be like a solid intro, right? Into this, maybe even some music, and maybe even some music. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to do that in post. <laughs> we'll just we'll record it in the button there. Yeah. So. In this first episode, we're gonna really break down the difference between marketing and sales because there's a huge difference, uh, and then uh, and there's a balance between the two. Right. And um, but before we get into that, I think it's only proper for Matt and I to kind of introduce ourselves, give a little bit of background and a little bit of history and uh, what kind of qualifies us to talk about this stuff. So, Matt, why don't you get started? Yeah, sure. So um, basically, I started uh, I had a production company for like the last 15 years where we focused primarily on on photography and video production and uh, did a lot of content for different businesses and things over the years. And just fairly recently, we switched the business model over to uh, being a little heavier on the marketing side, primarily because we were creating a lot of really good content for companies that didn't know how to use the content correctly. And so they would go and they'd throw the stuff out on social media. Uh, they were literally just throwing it at the wall. They were. They were. Hoping something worked. Well, yeah, they'd slap something up on their Facebook page and they'd have maybe 400 followers on a Facebook page and they'd slap a photo up and then, you know, it would get 25. seven likes. Yeah. And, you know, then I'd come back and like, hey, you want to do some more stuff? And like, yeah, it didn't really work out the way we wanted it to. And I'm looking at this. This is because you didn't have a marketing strategy. So we rebranded the business completely. Uh, it used to be Brody Photo, which kind of pigeonholed us a little bit more in that photo uh, video space. But we so we rebranded into Brody Media. And we're really focusing on helping primarily small businesses um, create a marketing strategy and the content to go along with that strategy and executing on all of that. So what's really cool about the Brody Media name that he didn't mention is it's really reviving the company our father uh, owned and operated for, I don't know, 30 years, right? where he did TV and radio production. So uh, uh, going back to where we came from, like we've been around this our entire lives. Right, yeah. So, so growing up, um, our father had a production company um, did a lot of radio and TV stuff, and what would happen is we would just naturally get sucked into that as kids. Yeah, right? we were, I, I've been in so many commercials, so as right. you have. Uh, magazines, commercials, newspapers. Um, All you know, the things. And even, even back in middle school, you know, we would use his equipment for, for making you know, school projects and stuff. A thousand percent. I think I'm going to try to pull some of the old home videos we made and like put them on my YouTube channel. I've got them all. They're I've got them all. so funny and like they're probably i have i haven't seen them in a while but like we put some thought you guys would be pretty impressed i think with like we did yeah we did it especially the stuff age. we did with our with some like, of our cousins with like a camcorder like on oh, tape yeah. like having to like stop like edit it we did in-camera editing in camera cut it here did like right legit yeah super anyways um back so, to your story yeah so that that's pretty much my story is is um so i definitely come from more of a production side of things, the photo video background. Um, and now moving into managing marketing campaigns. Right, right. And so now taking over some of the social media, running Facebook ads, 
um, even doing email campaigns and email marketing for different uh, different companies. And a lot of that I have learned by being around you and as you have grown Tactical Baby Gear and you've done some things and the things that you've learned, um, I've learned sort of either through you or different projects we've done together on stuff and we've sort of figured things out. So a lot of that piece came from going, you know, oh, this is a better way of doing it. Right. I've learned that from watch. I learned it from watching you, Beef. <laughs> I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> Not really. Um, well, I'll give you guys a quick backstory on me for the for those of you who don't know who I am, which is probably all of you. Um, I come from a background of building custom cars, and uh, that uh, I don't even know where to start. Um, I, well, as we said, we uh, you know we grew I'll up. I'll tell you where stuff. you start. You stole the <laughs> the exhaust off of my Mustang. True story. Really? I came home from college. And I and I left my my car at home the first year I went to college, and I turned on the car, and I thought it exploded, and I had need. no idea what happened. And it turns out he took my entire exhaust off from the catalytic converter back, and made it sound like like a Mustang, like a Mustang should, I guess. But <laughs> and, so, yeah. Any, but, anyways, I did do that's a true story. I'm not denying it, and I'm proud of it. I spent about 15 years building custom cars, and uh, we had a lot of success in that. We had a lot of early failures. In I was very young. I started my company when I was 19 years old, uh, and I was, do I was doing stuff even before that, really in high school, and I was like working on my friends' cars and, and, and that kind of stuff, even at like 14, 15 years old. Anyways, moving forward, um, I had a lot of failures along the way. I learned a lot of hard lessons. We worked through the recession. We had to kind of do some rebranding then when people were spending less money on custom cars and do some some uh, rebranding into more service repair stuff. Uh, and then we kind of got back into custom cars again. And I found a ton of success in custom car world, um, you know, moving from MySpace to Facebook to Instagram and really pushing, you know, certain demographics to our physical location uh, for business. And then, um, really when Instagram came in, we were able to, to push more of on a national level and then even a worldwide level of doing uh, business with clients around the world and building custom cars. But, uh, you know, we set some, we set a world record along the way. We built stuff for, for celebrities and, and stuff like that. So uh, then along the line, I started a family and <laughs> then I, I was having a second daughter and that turned into me starting another company called Tactical Baby Gear uh, and using all of my understanding of social media and the network that I had created with the car company, I leveraged some some names and people that I knew to to kind of uh, for shout outs and things like that on Instagram, influencer marketing things. And uh, that really kind of helped catapult and leverage uh, the kickstarting of Tactical Baby Gear. And that was in 2013. And I've grown, we've grown this into, you know, a very large business. We've got Quite a few employees got several locations around the country, and um, we do a lot of online e-commerce business. So I want to take the knowledge that I have in my head and what I've learned along the way with all of that, and uh, put it into your brains and help you guys accelerate the growth of your own businesses. So that's kind of like a quick er backstory uh, of where I was, where I am now, and uh, what qualifies me to be here and for you to want to listen. I hope so. One thing I want to point out to everybody that, that I think is interesting about what you did, and it, and it leads into our, our greater discussion of marketing versus advertising, um, is you, you really built Tactical Baby Gear off of the branding of the custom car business, right? Yeah, because so you, I, I have a very interesting, like, I have a knack, I think, for knowing what's cool. 
and what looks cool and what people are going to like. And I, I think which is why I had a lot of success with the car stuff is, is one, doing it the right way and treating people right, but also having a good product at the end. And I always had a good vision of what this car was going to look like. And everyone was usually on the same page. And the customer, I get to the point where customers didn't care. They were just like, I got, here's the budget. I trust you. I want something cool. And that's a really cool feeling. Uh, so anyways, I have a knack for for kind of having an eye for something cool or what's going to be cool or what people are going to like. So uh, to your point, I was able to, you know, I came up with the concept of tactical baby gear. Um, it stood out. And then I leveraged my car business and the contacts I had and the networking that I had done over the last 10, 12 years. Uh, I leveraged that with influencers and all this stuff to really launch Tactical Baby Gear and to get it seen by the masses pretty quickly. Um, and this was this was when Instagram was still pretty young. This which is 2013. Is, right. So this is when, when most people Six on Instagram were still using it for selfies and taking pictures of their lunch. And, and and social influencers really wasn't even a, a term really at that point. No, it the, wasn't. You were, you were sort of, before it was, it was like a thing to do, you were doing it. A dude with a big page. And, you know, so here's how I leveraged it even with the car stuff to, to gain um, – for networking, right? And I'll give you guys a quick backstory on this to kind of a little learning lesson. And we can talk about this more in a probably a future episode. But early on when we were hacking Instagram, you know, for for networking, it was, you know, I would post a picture of a car we built or uh, along the way or an install of a particular product. And that might have been from a company or a brand that had a large following. Could have been MSD Ignition or um, Mob Steel Wheels, I've um, or Detroit Steel Wheels from the guys from Mob Steel who have the TV show, and I've gotten to know those guys really well because we use their wheels on a lot of our builds. Um, and so, anyways, tagging, you know, tagging the the brand or the company that makes the product that we were using in these trucks. Well, then they're those guys are always looking for content to post and and to show the world social proof that other people are using their products, and so they. You know, they would always repost these pictures of these trucks and cars that we were building, which then got us more followers because people would go to the page and be like, oh, man, this is really cool. Who who built this truck? They'd go to our page to see the other stuff we're building. They'd follow us. And then all of a sudden they're interested in something else we did. And, hey, can you build one of those for me? And yada, yada, yada. It's a ripple effect. But uh, going back to just hacking the system and just constantly, like, posting stuff and tagging companies and using hashtags and going through hashtags and liking other people's stuff and you know stuff that I talk about all the time in some of my other personal content but what were we talking about though <laughs> <laughs> I got we got but you were saying that uh, I was posting things that stood out yeah you you were posting things that stood out and you were you were using the hashtags and you were you were um, tagging different businesses to get that exposure in a time where Instagram was still really young and i think most people were using it as here's my selfie or here's my lunch or here's and so my you had wing tip in the air right my yeah. toes in the sand yeah it, it, it was all it was all typical stuff uh there was obviously a huge community of people posting cars as well so i mean it wasn't quite as easy to stand out but we're on on the topic of standing out which i think is why tactical baby gear's done so well is because again it's something that stands out and i i think i have a knack for for doing things that i think are going to be different and stand out um I'm not one to kind of live inside the box of normal society. I do a lot of things against the grain. Um, you know, I'm like covered in tattoos and like, I just don't do anything by the book. I just don't like everyone else is going here and I'm like way off in left field doing my own thing. Right. And then, it, but it always works out for me. Right. And, um, 
that's the thing you have to keep in mind. That's why a lot of the drop shipping businesses aren't doing well anymore because everyone's selling the exact same thing. Everyone's trying to push this some trendy product that in six months is dead and it doesn't work well uh, right. for long or if at all, you know, because right. you got everyone's trying to sell the same thing. It's a competitive market. There's no margins in it. Now you have to break through the noise of competing everyone else for ads on Facebook and Instagram and all these things because organic doesn't have the effect that it once had. So now you have to actually spend money on these platforms to be seen. And then you have to hope that your creative content is, is going to stand out in the crowd and break through the noise to be seen. And then you have to have to something good to sell them. And if you're selling right. the same thing that everyone else is selling, you're kind of screwed. Right. Well, that's a great segue into what I actually want to talk about today is, is the difference between sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. um, because what, from my end, because I'm working for other companies when I'm creating their content and I'm doing their marketing and things like that, and almost every time the initial goal that the company comes to me for is we want sales, right? That's, that's the metric that they're in their and heads, that's they're really hard for you. It's it's one. It's really hard, but I, you know, in my heart, I don't believe that that's the right strategy. Especially when it's a lot of these come along companies that are trying to do the same thing that other companies have already sort of built a reputation on doing, and they're riding the coattail of another company, right? Or they're trying to be the next whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. But when you go at it and saying, okay, we want to hire you to help us get more sales. That's a hard challenge because really the right strategy, at least in my head, is is that that is a short-term gain, right? Instead there, of the long-term gain, which I think is the the branding and the marketing, right? Build build a relationship with your audience, build a brand, and do the marketing, and then let let that be the long game. Otherwise, if you're just focused on sales, you're isn't you're you're not going to win, right? You have to, there's a balance. You have to have the short-term gains in the sales to stay in business and to grow. But it, you, you can't be so sales heavy. You have to have a, a, a branding and sales balance. Uh, you have to have sales to, to make money to be in business. Um, the branding goes a really long way. And like you said, it's a long tail. It's a long game. It's going to bring you long-term wealth um, if, you can, if you can sustain and do less sales, less uh, um less transactional content right like you don't want everything that comes out from your company to look like you have your hand out and you're desperate for their money right you want something cool that people want to be a part of that they're going to be sold into and we want to be part of that company they do awesome stuff and of course i'm going to buy their product because they're awesome and i want right. to be part of that yeah they want to buy the product to support the company and to support the vision rather than because you tricked them into buying something. Yeah, right. Because you can only trick somebody into buying something once, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, essentially, like you can you can do it the first time, but if you sell them something that's garbage, they're not coming back. Simon Sinek, I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek. He's a brilliant, brilliant person, and he uh, he talks a lot about marketing and stuff. And he talks about the why. Mm -hmm. um, and he says Harley Davidson, Apple. These are some of the the best branded companies in the world because everyone can agree on on what their why is and you know you got guys out there with harley tattoos and all this stuff and no one you know people that carry a, an apple laptop are like so proud of their apple laptop but no one's like super pumped to go like open up their dell in the airport and you know what i mean they're like so anyways this guy's super brilliant but 
one of the things he says about transactional marketing is he calls it manipulation. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're trying to Absolutely. buy two, get one free, get this 30% off, da, da, da. And it's like when you're constantly doing that, one, you delete your brand. Mm -hmm. Two, you're making less money. You're making less money, so it makes it harder to sustain your business or grow your business and and do more marketing. Uh, and if you have enough margins in your product, uh, you can do more branding marketing and rely less on the sales side of it. it you know, so that's kind of a, a balance too. A lot of and I talk a lot about making sure you price your product right because right. it costs a lot more than a lot of people think to do business online. The cost of entry is all, is practically free, which means everyone can do it, which means it's going to end up costing you more money to kind of break through that. Right. You know, so you know, it doesn't take long to start spending a lot of money on Facebook. Well, you could you could try to do it without spending money on Facebook and Instagram ads and Google AdWords, but you really need those things. And then there's the cost of your website and all of a sudden you want your website to look better and you need better photography. You got product videos and you can do all these different things that start costing money. So the cost of being in business starts to get really expensive. Unfortunately, a lot of companies right now are not building something new, right? You had the benefit with Tactical Baby Gear of being something new in a space where that just what there really wasn't a market for dude didn't diaper exist. bags. We created a market that didn't exist. Right. So uh, again, it's it's going back to like knowing what's cool and what's going to stand out right. and it's going to solve a problem that other people are going to like and enjoy and want to Right. Versus a lot of let's call them me too companies that are mm -hmm. that are trying to they've seen I like that term yeah it's they've seen a a pattern in the market that is successful and they're trying to emulate it right right, right? and so but especially if all I'm doing is saying buy something from me buy something from me buy something from me if I can develop a brand and say okay this is why my brand is different this is who we are this is who this we is, are yeah and and develop that that's going to be the strategy because if you start going with the short term, you're going to be out of business before you ever built a brand. Yeah. Yeah. Or your brand just won't have any weight to it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of companies that you can think of that you know exactly who they are. You're talking about Apple and Harley and like who these people are, what they represent, what they stand for, uh, that that's a big indicator, um, you know, that they'll be around for a very long time, no matter what. They could put out a really bad brand. Apple puts out terrible products all the time. But everyone goes and buys it because they're sold on the fact that it's a better product, it's superior, it's more elegant, it's all and not these only things. do they buy it, they wait in extremely long lines for the opportunity to buy it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you but know, like got think about enormous that. amounts of brand uh, right. because they're not always trying to sell you something. They're you're right. sold on the idea that right. they have a good product. Absolutely. And so, and it's different because what what I work on, um, I, I do stuff for e-commerce brands. I do stuff for like local brick and mortar restaurants. You know, I, I have a kind of a gamut of different things that that I work with. Um, and what I would do for a company if I had the keys to the kingdom are different than what the company's looking for because they are very focused on some of those traditional metrics, right? The the Dollars in versus dollars out. Yeah, they well, it's not even that. A lot of because the the pro, the problem with current digital marketing is the ability to track everything. So as soon as you try to push something uh, to another company that's branding where there isn't a direct connect the dots, you made you know this created this ad and it translated into these amount of purchases or sales or visits to your store or whatever. Uh, 
they don't want it. They don't want to see it. They think it's not working. All the stuff. What they don't realize is this is over overarching branding that's turning into all kinds of different things. Facebook for me is a, a ton of branding. I put out stuff not with no expectations of getting sales from it, but ho- that staying in front of people. Branding. We're all about dads being awesome dads and being empowered and, and being involved with their kids and doing all these things so that when your buddy comes up and, and they have a Facebook announcement, they're having a baby, tactical baby gear is going to be top of mind for you to be like, dude, congrats on the baby. You got to get tactical baby gear or whatever. And it's, I will, that now his buddy is going to go, they're going to put it on a baby registry somewhere. His mom's going to buy it all because I ran a, an ad for a, an engagement post with a funny video. I right. cannot connect those dots. Right. Yeah, and the, and the video wasn't a come buy my stuff. No, it was, just it a was cool, like something funny. Right, yeah. It was just a, a you know, an, a, something that gets people to to acknowledge the brand right? and and do that. But so There's many other times, tricks behind all that, too, and we'll share right. that stuff. And that's but. all, but it, uh, I mean, ultimately, the whole goal of all the branding is to to eventually create the sales, Right, but it's it's, a, it's, it's the branding the funnel. That, right, the branding is at the very very top of it. Right, right. And the so, sales and that's is the, at the very very bottom. Right, you can't start at the bottom. Right, or you'll stay at the bottom. No, oh, well, yeah, good point. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, let's let's explain the funnel real quick because I I hear I have a lot of clients that don't quite understand the funnel. When I try to explain, I say, okay, you know, you start with sort of this this idea of brand awareness, right? It's it's taking the top level of of the people who are potentially your customers. And then you move them through a series of uh, interactions until they get down to the point where they're ready to buy. And so often, I think it goes back to traditional media, you know, the, the TV ads, the radio ads, the billboards, things like that, which were all very top level, but that was the advertising that people did. And they expect that to be the sales piece, right? Right. So now they're out there just trying to, to put out, you know, very generic, general information Messages, yeah. as their sales piece. And it almost always fails now, right? It's just, it, and it's the same reason that, you know, you almost never drive by a billboard and say, oh, now I have to buy that. Right. It's just awareness um, on a billboard. But what's really interesting about what you said is, you know, everyone's dumping all their money into like one piece of advertising in the past, or maybe it was three, maybe it was a TV commercial, radio commercial, and a, a billboard, but they all kind of had the same message. Like I'm right. so-and-so call me at this phone number or whatever. Well, it's cool now is like with, with digital marketing, you have so much better understanding of who these people are, what, where, where they're at in, in your sales funnel, you know, we'll call it the funnel still or, or a purchase cycle or whatever, but you you can track where they're at in that. So your message to them can change over time and it's not the same message every single time. So, uh, you know, you talk about the general awareness at the top of the funnel, uh, which then you can retarget that. People who have interacted with that, people who engage with your funny video, people who've um, shared it with their friends, whatever, you can, you can retarget those people with another ad, right? Kind of pushing them down the funnel of, Hey, since you liked that funny video so much, why don't you check out our website? And like, oh man, this is the same guys had the funny video. Like, I didn't know they even sold anything. How cool is this? You know, so they click on that, they go to the website, whatever, whatever. Yeah, maybe maybe they they give you your email address. Maybe they give you an email address. Maybe they've landed on a product page, and they're like, oh, cool, okay. Well, you now know. Well, maybe you collected their email address, so you can you can start sending them emails. That's 
less transactional on the front end of more of a, hey, thanks for signing up. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, this is what we're all about. Da, 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 da. If you'd love to make a purchase, 10% off your first purchase on me. Not super pushy, not spammy, not buy in the next five minutes and you'll save money or you're screwed. You know, just like, thanks for email address. We're cool. You're cool. If you're interested in buying something cool. So, and maybe they don't buy. That's fine. But maybe you're sending a Facebook ad too that is, uh, you know, to people who visited that product page. And it's kind of a similar message, but it's, it's, a, it's another impression of the brand, right? They were checking their email. They were in the bathroom. They saw your email, and they had to go back to work, and they kind of forgot about it because they got 15 other emails, and they got back to their desk, and they just never got back to it. got buried in their inbox. Uh, but later that day, they're, they're sitting at dinner or whatever the case is, and they're scrolling. They see a Facebook ad, and it's like, oh, that's the same guys again. That's, you know what? I'm going to go back to the website. I'm going to buy this thing, right? And then they get on that thing and they're at dinner at a restaurant and they're in the middle of checking out on their phone and, and maybe the server came and started taking their drink order. They put their phone down and they started drinking a beer or something and they kind of forget about it again. And, uh, but they started the checkout process and they didn't finish. Well, now you have the context of they initiated a checkout. They had higher intent to purchase. Uh, they put their email address and their shipping address, all these things into the, into the checkout. Well, that's going to trigger an abandoned cart series uh, of emails, which is like, hey, we saw that you started to check out. Um, if there's any problems, let me know. I'd be happy to help. That's usually my first abandoned cart email is more of a customer service type email. Of like, was did you have right. any issues? It's kind of a reminder because you don't want to give up the profit margins on the front end of it because you need that money to reinvest into more marketing and more right. product and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, there's ways that you can – if they opened that email, if they didn't open that email, da 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 right. da. Second email then is like, "Hey, complete your checkout and here's ten percent off." You know, I language varies from you know. I mean, it's not exactly like that, but essentially that's type of a message of, "Hey, once you come back and, and check out, save ten percent uh, on, on your order, et cetera, et cetera." Um, and then hopefully they start that checkout process again and they complete it. So you go from this funny video to the sale with all these different interactions, which is kind of pushing them further and further down the funnel. And what's important to know here is that it takes like seven to 15 impressions of a brand before somebody's willing to make a purchase. You're not going to sell somebody on one Facebook ad with one message. Right. You have to have this whole funnel in place to push people down to start from the awareness all the way down to the sale. Right. So what I what I love about what you said, it, it illustrates this, and I think this is something that, that especially older business owners um, don't quite understand is that what you just talked about is targeted marketing at a very specific person, right? Contextual. Right. Targeted. Right. But it was all about, your example was always one person, right? Mm -hmm. The up and all through, you know, the, the fifties and when, when, you, you know, TV and radio and all that stuff, that was called mass media. And the reason it was mass media is because it was designed for the masses. And that's where you get the concept of the mass market and mass marketing. And so at that point, your whole goal was to create something as generic enough as possible to hit and register with as many generic people as possible. And the world has shifted, right? Facebook has become the most, um, it's the most robust marketing platform in the world. 
and its ability to target specific people that whether it's an interest that they have or a behavior that they have done and but what people fail to do is they fail to to take that targeted marketing platform and develop targeted marketing content they still use mass media content in an in an in an environment that is a targeted marketing platform, platform right and that's where i think a lot of people fail i agree i agree 100% the problem is they can't and they can't quantify the things that you want to do that you know are right the branding right. strategies there's there's no there's very it's very hard to to quantify that and to see a metric that directly correlates with we did this video we spent money on an ad we can't trace the transaction that came from that but they fail to realize that like revenue in total is up right but there's no direct line from revenue to this video because of all the data metrics that you can actually track now, if they can't actually see it, they don't think it's working. Except for the fact that they will spend a gajillion dollars on traditional advertising, right? They'll want the billboard on the random street. Ad. Yeah, that, that you can't quantify in any way, but they feel like that because they see it every day on their drive to work or the office or well, whatever. Because it used to work. That's the right. way that people used to do it. Right. And so, the, but that's the mindset that they're in is like, oh, we need the radio ad or we need the billboard. And like, you can't track that. You know, I don't care what, what the company that's trying to sell you a billboard or a radio ad says. This many impressions. Like, right. Like most of those people are looking at their phone while they're driving anyways. <laughs> right. But you can't, yeah, you can't track it. But then you say like, you know, for, for a quarter of that, you could run very targeted, trackable Facebook ads and like, I don't think that's for us. And you just kind of like, it's like a, like, where's the duct tape? Because my head's going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, sales versus branding. And uh, it's a balance. It is. It is. Because you have to push sales because that's the metric they're looking at, and that's how they're rating your performance. So for you to keep them as a client, you have to push sales, right? which is almost a disservice to them, but that's the only way for you to keep doing what you're doing. Right. Well, it, it would be, except for I work very hard with my clients to try to break them out of that, that Educate mold. Educate them. So, um, so you know, the, the favorite clients that I work for uh, or that I do content for, the marketing for, we we really focus a lot more on the branding strategy in a lot of cases, um, particularly the brick and mortars, because they're not an e-commerce brand. So their brand is is a very different thing to deal with than someone who's got a national e-commerce brand, because you're looking at a local market, right? So in doing that, really building that brand is key, because if you had, like, let's say it's a restaurant, right, and they can't handle. 10,000 people coming to their front door every day. So you've got to build the brand and, and get the right people in at a pace that matches what they can deliver in a customer experience. Right. If I over deliver on running ads and get too many people in their door, those people get a bad customer experience because they can't keep handle up the with volume. that. They can't handle the volume. So, right. you know, my favorite, the, my favorite clients in that respect are the ones that understand that, you know, it's a slow game. Right. They want to build it up and not so much that they have 10,000 people coming through their door, but build it up so that they can then open up an additional location. Right. You know, you know what's really interesting about that is that that translates to e-commerce as well, uh, because you have to have the infrastructure in place to handle the volume. And we run into that all the time of like, you know, we could spend more money on ads, 
but there that might might be a problem with inventory or we don't are going to have inventory in stock until this date. I need to turn ads down because we're just selling too much mm-hmm. or whatever. So uh, there's a lot of things you know that Alex has to do that's forecasting inventory, ordering enough inventory to get us to the next six months or to make sure that we're going to have enough for Father's Day or whatever. But it's just going back to the same thing of like slow and steady, grow with things, just kind of keep keep increasing, keep increasing. You right. can't just turn it all on at once if you don't have the infrastructure. In that's place. that's an interesting point because I, I, I do, I'm on a couple, bunch of different email lists for a diff, bunch of different brands because I'll sign up for email lists just to see what the marketing is that yeah, they're yeah. doing. And I'll check it out. I'll follow the links and kind of see stuff. And, and there's at least two or three brands right now that I'm getting daily email and I'm seeing daily Facebook ads for and every time I go to their page, they're sold out of the inventory. What a waste of money. I know. And it's driving me crazy. And I want to reach out and I want to be like, hey. You're you know. s- driving me to buy something you don't actually have. Right. It's so stupid. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, oh, it, it's frustrating because, I, I, you know, you realize that a lot of this stuff is just on autopilot for them. Mm-hmm. Right. The emails and, the, and everything else. But they don't have the back end inventory, like you were saying, to Tracking, manage that. Yeah. And, and there's got to be. Someone. Now, there, it'd be different if, and we don't know what their strategy is either. So hear me out for a second because this is an interesting thought. If their strategy is to get people to land on their product page and then retarget them or they're trying to collect email addresses or something, you know, if they're running Facebook ads to get somebody to land on a product page and notify me when it's back in stock, or like it's a dumb strategy, but they might have something else going on on the back end of it, like they're gauging interest or you know, how many people landed on this product page? Let's retarget everyone that landed on this product page with a back in stock, get it 20% off. That I, I don't know. That, but there's a lot of different things they could be doing. Anyways, I just thought about that for right. a second. Yeah, but, and that, and that, but it seems really stupid. It, to, it seems like there's a lot of ways that they could have cut down on their expenses. It's, they're, they're just waste. They're throwing money away. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a lot of great things about automation, but if you don't have it set up properly, you end up just throwing money away, like right. this instance. Guys, I hope some of that clears up the difference for you in the difference between branding and sales. Uh, you have to have branding to get the sales. You can't start with sales. So uh, using some of the examples that I, I mentioned in the funnel, uh, start really thinking about how you're, how you're pushing people through your funnel. Do you have you know these different steps in place? Are you giving the opportunity for those 7 to 14 and 15 impressions of your brand uh, before someone's willing to make a purchase or you giving them one or two uh, impressions and then calling it quits and saying this doesn't work. Right. I mean, at the at the end of the day, marketing works if you do it right. And that's, that's a lot of what I want to talk about in future podcasts because I think that's the value that we bring is some of these things that we see other companies doing uh, or companies that, that I'm working with or companies that I'm fixing or things that you've gone through, the mistakes that you've made and you've learned from, that's the value that we want to bring, that we yeah. want to share. Break break it down. We want right? to break we, it down, yeah. Take stuff like that, uh, examples like that, and break it down uh, and see what what can be improved, what you guys can learn from it, what we can learn from it. I I learn a ton visually like that and by just analyzing things and breaking it down like that. So it, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a, a really cool podcast moving forward, um, and I'm super excited about where it's going to go. Yeah, I'm excited about this too. This is this is one of those things that I've had on my mind for a long time. Um, that I've I've just because I've been busy, or you know, you always get into this whole like you know taking care of yourself last. 
you know, when you're in business, especially for me, because I'm taking care of all these other companies. It's like I'm I'm the mechanic that's neglecting his own car, that's you know, right. or the carpenter that, you know, all has the leaky the roof. Yeah. Right. And so this is one of those things for me. I was like, OK, I'm taking care of, of me, but I'm also taking care of of clients in this way, because if I can teach them some things to do, then my job gets less hard. That's that's what I wanted to share. That's why we wanted to start this podcast, because we, I think, together have a lot of experience, a lot of things to share and I'm excited. From totally different worlds, too. Totally different worlds, but also there's a lot of there's, there's a, lot a lot of crossover. crossover. But that's where that's where that's where I think it. Right. The podcast is like where it's going to cross over. Uh, right. Exactly. Value for them. Yep. For absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you guys for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you like it, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, not quite sure where everything's going to be hosted, but the website that you can find all the information on is the Brody Brothers Breakdown, and that's B R O D I E. Don't spell it with a Y. It makes us upset. <laughs> Matt, you have a personal website too, don't you? Uh, I don't. Well, you can go to uh, BrodyMedia.com. Yeah, Brody Media. Uh, it's Brody-Media is the uh, the website there. Or you can find me on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash Matt Brody. Actually, okay. the Matt Brody. The. The Matt Brody. One some, only. Because apparently there's a lot of photographers out there with the name Matt Brody. And and I was not quick enough on the draw for Matt Brody, <laughs> so I had to go with the Matt Brody. So uh, it's it's all the uh, social media. It's the Matt Brody. Got it, uh, guys. If you want to find out more about what I'm doing uh, in my world with tactical baby gear and some of the other content that I put out, uh, tutorials and things like that about Facebook ads, you can uh, find all of that stuff on my website, beavbrody.com. That's B-E-A-V-B-R-O-D-I-E.com. See you guys in the next episode. Or you'll hear us in the next episode. We'll be around in the next episode. Peace.